Hello, are you ready to dive into a world of captivating conversations and insightful perspectives with Leap Listens? I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Roger. Hello. And together we'll be your guides through our third podcast series. Leap Listens is proudly presented by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency that partners with organizations to communicate their unique culture and values. Check us out at leapcreate.co.uk. So join us as we explore the latest trends, share success stories and uncover the secrets of effective communications in the workplace in just 15 minutes or maybe a little bit more. Today we're joined by Nirida Rooney, an employer branding and resourcing specialist. Nirida is on a mission to inspire the next generation of talent to fulfil their potential and bring diverse talent into the construction industry. We're going to be talking about the benefits of bringing those with lived custodial experience into your organisation. Her enthusiasm is infectious, so no doubt this will be an interesting podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Nirida. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell us about you and your work in employer branding. Yeah, so I'm quite new to employer branding, actually. I've probably been doing it for about four years now. I sort of lead on all of our people campaigns and blogs and videos and everything we can do to be able to communicate what it's like to work at the business at Kia. Being a construction business, there's obviously a lot of stigma around the types of roles available and you know, trying to make it a more diverse business as well. So um, my role is to be able to communicate authentic stories of our people so that people can feel like they have a place in the business. Excellent. Well, I know that one of the things that you look at in terms of having a more diverse workforce is about hiring people who have had lived custodial experience. And um, what are the benefits that you've seen from implementing that as a, as a programme? Yeah, so the business has been supporting those with lived custodial experiences for some time. Um, but in 2021, we actually rejuvenated the program to give it more purpose and focus. We hired a recruitment diversity manager who actually takes the lead on this program and be able to take it to the next level because it does need a lot of support and focus. And, and what that's meant is as well, we've been able to build really meaningful relationships with prisons and with charity partners to support us. And mm. um, for those that don't know what the program Making Ground is, it's, it's a program that's split into four areas. So it's engagement, you know, so supporting on interviews and, you know, just letting them know about opportunities, supporting those on release on temporary license. So when they, you know, are in prison, they'll come out of prison for the day, work on a site um, and then go back to prison. Then there's the temporary employment and then there's direct hires for those that are prison leavers as well. So the program is split to be able to support different buckets of that. Um, but what it does is it helps us be able to to be able to support people that, you know, are currently in that environment. Because if you are, you know, there's 11 billion people, mm. um, sorry, 11 million people with a criminal record in the UK and reoffending actually costs the UK economy up to 13 billion a year. If they don't have employment, that reoffending rate is like nearer to 46%. So if we can support them in giving them that, that employment, then it brings down that reoffending rate and actually it helps mm. make a society um, a safer place to live as well. So from a social value point of view, it helps so many things. No, that's great. Yeah. And of course, we've got Timpsons, haven't you? Which is a. a yeah, James Timpson is yeah. Not the, the kind of the ambassador, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Knows. And that's a great program. Yeah, Timpsons and Green King do it really well as well. So um, there's a few organisations that 
are really doing it in a really meaningful way. You know, we want to make sure that it isn't a tick box for organizations. You know, it's absolutely there to support so many various um, people that are needing that support. So, yeah, no, it's fantastic. So what would some of the most common misconceptions about hiring for this program and how do you address those? Well, I think the biggest misconception that we've seen is that people think that people in prison aren't skilled. There's some really skilled people that have, you know, either made, you know, uh, something, they've made a mistake and they're sort of serving their time now. So there are some really, you know, skilled people in that environment. And actually what we found as well, those pr prisoners, when they're working on our sites, you know, they're really trustworthy, hardworking um, and really punctual employees. So, you know, what we found as well is because if, if if they if there aren't those people, then there could be a risk of that sort of benefit being taken away from them. So they really make it more of a, mm. a a meaningful experience. Some other things that we found as well is is that um you know those people that are in custody, how can we support them in giving them more opportunities longer term as well? So you mentioned Timpsons before, um and Green and I mentioned Green King as well. So we're actually working with them broader in providing apprenticeships with those in custody as well so that you know there are those skilled people but there's also people that don't have any of those skills and how do we give them long-term employment by training them up through an apprenticeship program mm. and that's been really successful as well so um yeah there's, there's a few misconceptions but um yeah the biggest one is always that they're, they're either unskilled or they're not able to do the work and i know this is obviously a really sweeping generalization that I'm getting you to try and answer but how's that received by the internal audience so among your current employees how, how's the program received so I think that there's different types of um, ways that you can deal with that you know we've got some people that come into this program that are really open and are happy to talk about you know what they've you know either done or what why they're you know coming through this program and there are other people that are actually more guarded with that and they're line manageable now but maybe broader people won't won't sort of know because it's not a need so um but what we found certainly from our, our hiring manager community is when they have had people that have come from those programs they're usually the first ones to say have we got any more can can I go back into prison and find some new people? Like it's it, it is that sort of untapped resource that you know that they they didn't know exists. So we are finding that there's different types of roles to support them, and you know some of our pro projects were not able to you know bring people through the program if we've got you know really high security that they just wouldn't be able to pass the path. So yeah. Yeah, because people are naturally curious, aren't they? And they must, you know, people must one be wondering when you find out that someone's yeah. had that live custodial experience. It, you know, there's a natural curiosity and a probably on my part a, a sort of nosiness about it. I guess. Yeah, th there is. Like, I feel like it's like a human curiosity of just wanting to know. Some people are really honest and open. Some people aren't. Um, and I think you know when we've sort of worked with them, you know, through through my own job. Some of the questions that, that some of the team ask are just questions that you just, I, I, I also wanted to know, but didn't have, like, just didn't ask. Like, things like, what side of food do you have in prison? Like, it's little things like that that they ask. And some, some people are more open to talk about it than others. But I think for us, it's just that we're able to support so many different people through, people through that program and giving them that meaningful employment. That's great. So how do you currently promote the program? So... 
when we when we promote it internally so you know we talk about it we do some videos we you know we we have blogs written for um internal communities as well but most of it is um you know some of my team going out into prison some of the broader uh businesses project directors site managers going actually out into the prisons and interviewing them for various roles that they do have so actually once they go out into prisons and meet with different candidates i guess is the easiest way to call them when they're when we're going through an interview process there are multiple opportunities that managers will be recruiting for so they can sort of think about how they can place them in different roles so usually getting people into a prison um helps with that misconception as well because yeah. there's different types of prisons as well there's open prisons there's closed prisons so yeah that's great and obviously you're leading the way in this space and you must get a lot of uh, questions from other organizations so what advice would you give to other organizations that who are considering a similar program so i think what i would say is it is best to start small what we found is you know when there's so many things to be able to support diversity and inclusion you know within an organization and sometimes it's easy just to say yes to everything um but actually with these types of programs you're best off starting small maybe starting with a prison that may be local to you know one of your offices or sites but really start small and build those relationships with the governors and 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 the sort of team in the prisons um, and then maybe find a charity partner that supports in that pro that area as well because they have some really great insights and support and networks and they can help really guide you through those but you know we absolutely you know all of these programs need to be done with collaboration with the prisons as well so whatever you're looking to do speak to them see how it can work for your organization rather than doing it the other way round of going into them and saying i've got all of these jobs because then they might not fit with what you're trying to um, recruit for and how have you found the prisons are they are they receptive to these kind of programs Absolutely. I think because they can see the benefit that it brings the prisoners, you know, ultimately, you know, once they leave prison, the, the prison, the prisoners don't want to see them again. Like they, they want them to be able to go out and, you know, create meaningful employment. So for us, you know, they're really receptive. They really support us on that journey. And I think the lovely thing for us, you know, and well, the thing for me, this is going to sound really silly, but, you know, when you move away from the doing of recruitment of offering roles and that piece it can it can feel like you're just wading through you know strategies and po policies and processes but these types of programs just give you that really meaningful sort of um buzz because it isn't just them that you're helping you're helping their family you're helping their children like you're you're actually able to hear from those prisoners about how much that means to them that they've got a reason to not reoffend, So it helps more than just the prisoner. And I think that's, that's the really lovely thing about the program. I appreciate you're obviously um, not going to name any names, but can you share any success stories of people who've thrived through the program? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, obviously I wouldn't be able to share the specific, but we have had some employees that have joined in the business and they've been promoted, you know, multiple times. So that's always been really lovely to see. Um, and be able to watch their journey that they've been taken on and the impact that they've had um, on the on their teams, but also, you know, the broader family like I've just spoken about. There's some really lovely quotes um, and some videos on our website. So I would definitely urge you to take a look because I think hearing it directly from those prisoners would definitely be more powerful than me giving that sort of I wouldn't give it justice. 
No. And do you use um, those people? Are they sort of ambassadors and do they go back in to prison and we do advise on this? Yeah, we do have a couple that go back in and be able to, you know, show what the program has done for them, um, but also what they're being able to do um, outside of prison as well. So that it's sort of twofold. We're mindful of not wanting to, you know, to make it a big thing to do that as well, because what we don't want to look mm. is, you know, yeah. here's this post a person that's come through the program and then take them back in. But I think for those people that are more confident in being able to talk about that and actually go back into prison, because that can feel really triggering, you know, if you've come out and then going back in. So we are really mindful of that. Of but yeah, it is, there, there are obviously some ups and downs in the program. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I just thinking about how um, I remember doing some work for resettlement before and there was nothing quite like if if someone is coming to talk to them that's previously been in the services it, it sort of resonates so much more with yeah. people than um than just anyone who hasn't so they kind of get it if you like it, it gives them more hope as well because i think you know when you're in hr or talent acquisition you know you can talk about you know what's what we can provide you and what 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 it would look like if you went through you know the program but actually hearing from people that have done it themselves and you know maybe you know a year two years out it does give them that sort of actually I can do that as well so um it is meaningful I think I think there's so much there's so many things that the program has sort of benefited us as an organization more than just the sort of participants that are coming through it as well I think you know we've completely changed so much of our processes and policies to be much more inclusive as an organization and I think that's really helped with managers being on board with it as well because they've been taken through you know inclusive recruitment training or they've done the expect respect training you know we've moved away from competency-based interviews as an organization as well to focus on strength-based interviews so actually it's part of a broader dni piece to help take us further that's absolutely fascinating and um, we talked about james timpson earlier you probably have people mention his name to you quite <laughs> quite a lot when you say this. all the time but, um, I want to mention us. <laughs> absolutely but i remember the only reason i remember listening to a, a podcast with him on once and he he did say that people assume that everyone that works in timpson's has had sort of custodial experience <laughs> and he and he did say it's about like 20 percent. i think i'm, I'm quoting yes. what i remember but mm. um about 20% of the workforce. Is this something that you like have targets for or something that you've got an ambition to have a, a certain amount of, of people who come through this program? We don't have targets for that because I feel like that can then feel like a tick box. You know, it, it isn't for us. It's, it's, it's And it needs to be meaningful employment as well. I feel like if you end up setting a target, then it'll be, oh, we've not hit X number. We need to just get people through. And it, it's not about that for us. It's about long term support and rehabilitation. Um, so we don't have targets. Um, we've set guidance that we'd like to be able to deliver. Um, and we absolutely you know, want to deliver that. It's mainly around engagement and how we can get into prisons to give them the tools and tips that they need to be able to be successful when they come out because things like an interview you know depending on how long you've been in prison you know interviews are very different now um and you know i, I talked before about how we've moved away from competency-based interviews mm. some businesses still do that so we want to give them training for for competency but we want to give them training to be able to talk about strengths so that they can shine so there's little tips that we can do do to support them through that. That's great. It's fascinating. So we've come to the end of the podcast now. As I say, they're only bite size. And I think 
we've captured yeah. some great content yeah, there definitely. for the podcast. So final question, what are your top reads or listens? This is such a tip, like a really tough one. I really struggle to get time now to to read. And if I'm sort of going for a run, I'm usually listening to the couch to 5K. So somebody telling me to keep going, keep running that, that extra, extra pay. <laughs> so when you sort of said this would be one of the last questions that it made me think about actually what has been one of the, the reads that's probably had the most impact to me in my um in my most recent life uh because obviously if i think about like where it was in school what what books impacted me then but a few months back i read a book that was called um uh why has nobody told me this before um by julie smith and it actually re like helped me reevaluate my mental health yeah. and well-being and just provided that guidance on resilience and finding motivation in the little things and i think for me my job can be, you know, really hectic, you know, really long days. I have great balance, you know, and flexible working through my employer, which is fantastic. But when you switch off, it's looking after the two kids or taking the dog. Like there's so many things that I'm doing. So after reading that book, I actually uh, retook up netball and it, it really, it gave me an, a new lease of life because it meant that once I'd finished work, I had to finish at a specific time because otherwise I'd let my team down. Um, but also when I was on the court, I wasn't thinking about anything, but pass me the ball, I'm here. And <laughs> it just, it really helped sort of just made me reevaluate the importance of mental health, mental well-being, but also that physical well-being. And I think with COVID, it meant that, you know, we were back-to-back -back meetings all the time. You know, you couldn't get out walking. You know, I have a cycle desk indoors that I would cycle while I was in meetings, but oh, it just wow. wasn't the same. So netball really helped um, just rejuvenate that. And that book was a, a, a big reason why I, why I took it up. That's fantastic. And what, and what position do you play? Oh, so this, this is a difficult one. So obviously I'm tiny, I'm five foot three, so often centre or a wing, but... Lots of running. I, yeah, <laughs> lots of running, exactly. I don't have to think. But I do tend to sort of get put in goalkeeper or goal defence. Now, I am tiny, yeah? This sounds really weird, but I can just be a nuisance and get in the way, um, <laughs> which is fun. Um, I can't, can't put my arms up and stop anything, but... I can just be in the way. And yeah, it's just a su it's such a great game. I love it. So I love netball. I love netball. It's good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. You're it's welcome. been really interesting chatting to you. Thank you for being on the podcast. No worries. Thank no worries. Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other bite-sized episodes. Perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're in employer branding and recruitment marketing, you might be interested in our monthly EB meetups. Just search EB Meetup on LinkedIn and join our community. For anything else, contact us via leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time.